This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. That's what the Timberwolves are lacking, right there. Joy. That's right. They need joy. We don't have joy. I saw uh, in uh, Randball, an exchange with Randball, I think it made page two today, um, the guy just sees so much joy in Ricky Rubio's game now (laughs) that he didn't have when he played here. And it's all Tibbs' fault because he didn't give Ricky enough joy Gotta have in his joy. game. He didn't have enough <laughs> joy. And then I heard my guy Phil today to say how the 76ers are playing with joy. Well, they're Who playing the joy? heat. They're playing the heat. <laughs> right. You can play with joy when you're playing the heat in the first round. But uh, So I looked up Ricky to see how he's doing on the joy meter, right? Mm-hmm. 2014-15, Flip was the coach. He was hurt that year. Uh, yeah. 22 uh, games he only played. Had the big, had the bad uh, ankle sprain. But it could not have been a very joyful year because he shot 25.5% from the three-point three line Oof. and 35.6% uh, overall. So no joy playing for Flip. That's not very joyful. There was joyful, no, no joyful for Ricky playing for Flip. Sam, 2015-16. Yeah, mediocre joy, I'd say. 37.4 uh, from the field, 32.6 from three. He was a little better. He averaged 10.1. 2016-17 for Tibbs. Here we go. Are we crescendoing? Little, We're crescendoing uh-oh. a little bit more, little joy. more joy. What do we got here? A little more joy. A little more. Not real high. Okay, not that not high. Real high. Right, right, ball there, right here. Right ball right here. Okay. Add a little joy. 40.2. Uh, from the field. That's a little better. First time he shot 40%. 30.6 on three, but he averaged 11.1, career high. Mm-hmm. And now he has gone to Utah. Oh my God. He has gone to Utah. Joy! There's joy in Utah. 41.42.8% from the field, 35.2% from the three point line. And 13.1. So he was pretty much fully depressed yep. when he played for Flip. Yep. He was moderately depressed when he played for Sam. Somewhat medicated. Sam, he was, yeah, you know, kind of average on the depression meter last year. But now he's got joy because he's playing at Utah. And there's no joy when you watch the Timberwolves play. No. no. In fact, they're playing Houston might have something to do with it. Also, <laughs> it has now been confirmed, as I heard this morning for about two and a half hours, 
that the Timberwolves are filled with dysfunction. Not completely dysfunctional. And as best I can tell, this is based partly on uh, a piece, well, some of it's based on Doogie. I tried to listen to what Doogie said today on a podcast because I missed it originally, but the preamble took so long I had to get on to other matters. Sure. Took us a while to get to the topic. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Butler, Joe Colley from the Chicago Sun-Times, who's actually based here, went over and uh, talked to Jimmy on Monday, at Monday at the shoot-around before the, the blowout Monday. I just don't think there have been many people that have understood how important winning is to me, he told the Sun-Times. I just had a conversation about that very thing with somebody, not important who, but I put so much into this game, and I only play to win. I don't play for any individual stats or accolades, and at times I get I get lost in how everybody is not built the way I'm built. And he's admitting everybody's not built the way I'm built. Mm-hmm. The same with Tibbs. People don't understand that he puts so much into his craft. He understands what it takes, but sometimes I just look around and I don't understand how or why you all don't love to get better the way that I do. So, mild, uh, uh, I wouldn't say shot, mild uh, comment on the, Critique. His, his younger teammates. Right? Yeah. And he also said, young guys in this league don't understand urgency. These guys don't understand that you never know what the league brings, the, time, the times may bring. I think they do understand what it takes to win here, and they continue to learn that. Is that dysfunction? That's not joy. Well, it's not joy, but is that <laughs> dysfunction? Is that Tim, is that Butler being mad at his younger teammates? I don't see it that way. I see it as him saying, man, they're, they're young, and they haven't learned to care as much as I do. But is right. he specifically talking about the two young people that we always refer to in Cat well, and Wiggins? Well, because no, he doesn't. I mean, he's he's referring to the collective. He didn't say that, but of course, it's it's perceived to be about Wiggins and Cat, and especially about Wiggins, right? Well, here's but, here's the interesting thing because I was told this morning by a couple of uh, fans, I guess, if you will, on Twitter today that Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose has been great because he gives it his all. Yeah, when well, he plays, you, you know, know he gives it his all. With. Joy, <laughs> playing with joy. No, I'm just kidding. He's, well, been he's play- playing without a sprained ankle, right? But, uh, right. Uh, so then, what happens is Chad Hartman yesterday apparently had an interview with the, uh, uh, or on Monday, I guess this was, and uh, had an interview with Glenn Taylor, and uh, Glenn said something about. Chad asked him if he was concerned about Jimmy Butler's decision to have surgery to repair a torn meniscus in his right knee. So Chad must have heard from somebody that some people didn't think the surgery was necessary. Well, the that fired up the agent, right? The surgery that he actually got? That he got, yeah. And as, as his agent points out, they went to three different doctors and they all said have surgery. They all told him right? the same and thing. And I yeah. don't think, I had never certainly seen anything from the Timberwolves questioning the surgery, but Taylor kind of was vague in his answer about, I think Jimmy is most athletes. They sort of know their body. They know what they can tolerate, blah, blah, blah. But the suggestion is he could have taught, maybe he could have tolerated the pain. Uh, well, anyway, this uh, got his uh, agent, Bernie Lee fired up that Glenn would say something like that. Now, as I pointed out, Glenn's from Comfrey and he says stuff. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We now have, when did he save the franchise? 95? 94, I believe. 94. We have six, uh, 24 years of Glenn Sistak. Because they were, they were getting Glenn ready to move, to move to Charlotte, yeah. right? Uh, no. Uh, New Orleans. Orleans. Oh, no, New Orleans. Glenn yeah, Sistak. Right. Glenn Sistak. But let me say this. Uh, Jace Frederick, Frederick had this story in today's Pioneer Press. Look it up. It's pretty good. Uh, but basically, he wants to point out that the fact that they brought in a bunch of veterans doesn't mean you are immediately going to be NBA championship contenders, that there's a process, you know. Mm-hmm. Now you, uh, he says Minnesota is one of the few teams over the last couple of years that said to themselves, we're going to go all in via trade. We're going to trade for an expensive asset that it's in the middle of part of his career. They created these expectations, but I just don't think this expectation that it's an overnight success story, that just doesn't seem to happen. And here's the key sentence. I haven't understood the inability of the bubble that's around this team at some point to appreciate what growth is, which is what I've been saying. They improved by 16 wins. They, you know, they got in the playoffs in a tough Western Conference. They were not going to be, you know, people think they're the third best team in the West. They were never the third best team in the West. No. They were never going to be the third best team in the West. How much do we read into the other? this guy's saying, what he's saying is, uh... You know, you need a couple more pieces here, but now you you got an idea what it you got a better idea what it takes. Should mm-hmm. we be troubled by the other quote, the other part of that story too, where the the agent basically said it's not about Jimmy going out and recruiting. The Wolves should be recruiting Jimmy. Well, I think he's saying you can sign him this summer, you know, if you want to. That's yeah, what he's saying. All right, yeah, yeah. But Jimmy also said in the Sun Times story, yeah, he could see himself going back and playing with the Bulls. Well. Everybody's going to say that, right? That's not like, you know, you're asking, hey, can you see yourself going back and playing with the Bulls? And and I also do think, too, Pat, that there's kind of this, and I've said this for like the last year or so, even going back to last year, is that at times I think people here, they're like that eight-year-old kid who is throwing a fit on December 23rd because he's got to wait two more days before he can open his Christmas <laughs> yes. present. Yes, yes. And they're going to get beat by 20 tonight. And then, uh, and people are trying to infer in here. Also, Chad, he told Chad, he said he hadn't made any decisions for on Tibbs' situation after this season. Well, you owe him $24 million and you're mm-hmm. improved by 16 victories and you made the playoffs. And if you fired him, well... I'm glad you own the paper. All right, we'll be back. All right, you better go real low here. Uh oh, the joy meter's down a little bit. Yes. Now, uh, we've been trying to analyze what's wrong with our twins. Uh, I think it's they don't have any joy. No, they, they've lost no their joy. joy. There's no joy. I think the fact you know when the joy was lost. Wait, wait, wait. Me, let me do this. I got a line. There was no joy in Mudville. Mighty Miguel struck out again. <laughs> again. And again. And again. And again. And so did Lomo. No, I think that the joy was lost when they got blizzarded out of three straight games. The joy was. That's when we lost our we joy. Lost wait, our we joy. had a little joy in, in, in uh, Costa Rica. 
Or, uh, um, Puerto or Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah, excuse me. Well, too bad it wasn't Costa Rica. But uh, <laughs> we had a little joy there. Well, they won one sixteen any game, but and Barrios uh, was the talk them. of the town. Well, yeah, it was it was a little joy. Stuff, but uh, this is awful. There is uh, this is uh, this is a bad looking uh, club. All of a sudden, here's uh, here's what I've decided. Two years ago, spring training looked great. Uh, I liked them. They went 59 and 6, 103. Yeah. Last year looked terrible. Spring training. They were 85 and 77. So that taught me, okay, that reminded me, don't pay any attention to spring training. So this year, you kind of like the club mm-hmm. from last year. Mm-hmm. You like the lineup because they, they were so good the last two months of last year. And uh, then you get Logan Morrison in there and you say, okay, he's another strikeout guy, but 38 home runs. Uh, and then you get Odorizzi in here, and you get Lance Lynn in here. You get two pitch starting pitchers in here. You're gonna make it through the month, and then uh, you're gonna get Santana back. Okay, I'm not. Even though they played lousy this spring and didn't get a clutch hit all spring, they didn't play lousy, but they just weren't impressive. The the, the games I saw too, I wasn't yeah, they, terribly they just, impressed. They didn't, they didn't get a lot. They didn't get any hits. They didn't get any important. Clutch One of them hits. was against Houston. They yeah. didn't get any clutch hits, and. Uh, so, but I said, okay, they'll be pretty good. And I like the, I like the starting pitching and the bullpen seemed to have a few more bullets in it. Uh, see, I'm not, a lot of people are already upset about Rodney. I think Rodney will be fine. He's throwing 94 and he mm-hmm. doesn't have his change up yet because it's, it's April, whatever the hell it and is. And he was, and was awful last April and he was fantastic yes. the rest yes. of the year. And, but his stuff's good. Yeah. He's throwing hard. He's throwing 94. And he'll hit a guy in the back. The other day, he hit the guy in the back. They stole second, and then he got a bad. Then the guy hit the ball that would have been to the shortstop, but it hit the mound. mound So he lost that game. He blew that game. And the first game, he blew Snow Butcher to play to start Mm -hmm. the rally. So he's had three blown saves, but two of them were not really him. So I think he's fine. But uh, Zach Duke is uh, terrible, and maybe he'll be okay. But he's, he's facing too many right-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. He should be facing a lefty, right? Mm-hmm. But even when he faces a lefty, he doesn't go after him, right? But Hildenberger and Rogers not being what they were down the stretch has last really year them. has hurt them. Yep. And uh, the starters, you know, Brios, we all thought we were going to see uh, another great performance last night, and it wasn't that, that at all. And all of a sudden, you get the, ooh, the old Santana feeling, like uh, ooh, Santana lost. Now, now we don't. We're... Now we don't get to see him again for four more mm-hmm. days, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little of that last night. But I just, it's just uh, every vibe with him has been pretty bad since the Polanco suspension. Here's the other thing that you know you were talking about the lineup, Pat, and I, I tend to agree with you. I still, I still think they'll be fine ultimately this year, but they're they're probably going to lose the next two in New York. They have. Here's my other problem with the lineup. And I know I've been on him since he, he got here. I'm done with Jason Castro. I'm, at, I'm done with him as an everyday catcher. And here's the other problem with him being in your lineup two or three out of every four games. It's it's an automatic out when he comes up. He, he's not yeah. productive in any way. And then you couple that. And he comes around and now Dozier's up with one out. If, it's, if and, you're coming around the other way. And you couple that with your five-hitter. Having a batting average right around 100. And your three-hitter, hitting 191 and striking out uh, 90 times. It's just not a very good-looking lineup cannot, right now. Uh, no, they cannot. Last night, Eddie Escobar is hitting fourth. 
You can't do that. Eddie, Eddie's not hitting fourth. But uh, and they now they today they dropped Morrison to seventh. I saw, but Snow's still hitting third, and I think that is the manager saying, uh, "What else am I going to do? Who else is going to hit third? Right? Because you you know if you hit Rosario, Rosario there, then you got two lefties hitting back to back behind Maurer, and you got to hit. Then Snow hits fourth, which is no better than having him hit third. Let's face it, they're, uh, this this offense is uh, is in big trouble uh, if uh, if Snow is going to not at least hit two fifty and and get on base. And I know in the some. current day of baseball, strikeouts don't matter, but boy, there's a lot of swings and misses with this lineup. There's just re- they, and last night in particular, you know, they had the chance to kind of maybe possibly get back into it, and there's just there's no rhythm. There's no like you said. There's no vibe with these guys. None. There's nothing. Going back to Castro, too, Reavers. Oh. I'm done with him. Because he, he was a really high draft pick, wasn't he? The back Astros the draft day, he, was like a, he never hit, though. He, he was. And when they signed him, he wasn't expected to be a no, really I, productive I that, hitter. But, I, but this guess, is ridiculous. I guess it's just sort of a bigger question of how how are you drafted that high? Because he was a first-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. How are you drafted that high and you've never been able to at least be hit 250. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're not expecting to be Maurer from seven years ago. He cannot ago, but. survive in a lineup that's got a bunch of guys not hitting. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're all if you're hitting like you were in August and September last year, fine, let him hit 250. And I need somebody to explain to me in, in Major League Baseball why, and he and Morrison both have the exact same problem. They are trying to pull every single pitch, and you can't do that. I'm not even saying hitting it the other way. I'm saying, how about go up there with the approach of hitting it up the middle? There's a novel concept. Well, Mark Toppin, the topper, told me when I sent, emailed him, uh, texted him for a scouting report, says, good guy, take responsibility, but he's going to yank everything. He's going to try to yank. And then you got Snow trying to yank everything from the other side. Yeah. Uh, they just, a lot of uh, bad at-bats. And Dozier give you a good at-bat. Maurer give you a good at-bat. But Maurer... You know, the first, when they were 8-5, and five, weren't they 8-5? and five? Yes. Yep. Uh, Maurer was getting on base three times every night, and Dozier was getting two hits every night. And uh, so your your two best hitters were hot, and you still weren't getting any clutch hits and anything. And it's, uh, you know, right now it's a mess. And uh, the, the lineup's a mess. You don't have Buxton. Buxton, you... They, for some reason, panicked and put him on the DL, uh, even though he was probably going to miss two, three games. But he was eligible to come off now, right? Uh, I guess he could have come off because they back they could they only backdated, backdated it. three days. Yeah, I guess so. They they but here's one of these problems. I I, I like these guys, but sometimes they think they're smarter than the other. You know, they think they're too damn smart. Okay, hey, let's put him on a DL, and he'll only miss three, four games. Yeah, but you got swept by Tampa without him. Dummies, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. he might have been able to play one of those games, two of those games, and it is amazing what a difference he can make. You know, oh, being, yeah. just being in the outfield. Well, when you're pitching, it makes a hell of a lot of difference. Now, I'm the world's biggest Ryan Lamar fan, but uh, trading him out of the outfield and for uh, Buxton is not good. But uh, what are they going to do about Miguel? I, I mean, it, it just it. I would. You can't. I, I don't know. You really have. There's nobody at AAA getting a hit. Right. They have nothing. This is it. These are their guys. There's nothing on the, you know, you got uh, Nick Gordon, 
who's can come up and play now if you wanted him to. But you got guys like that, yeah. you know. You're and I don't know. I might try that. I might say Miguel. Send him down. Enjoy yourself for a month in Rochester, and I'm going to bring Nick Gordon up and let him play this, third this base. Is, this is getting ridiculous. I mean, I, no, you it's, know, it's awful. We, we've seen we've seen good hitters start out poorly before, but this is hey, this just looks like he's just up there and just. They watched Tory Hunter do this for uh, not this bad. He was never this bad, right? But they watched Tory do it for damn near two months and then sent him back to minor leagues, and he was the best thing that ever happened to him. But Tory's a Got a little more going above the shoulders than Miguel does. Well, so not to mention, Torrey had a position where he was elite. Yes. <laughs> you know, instead of our guy well, playing third. And, Tor- you know, Torrey was the type of guy that it kind of gave him a kick in the shins. And he said, yeah, oh, he oh, my he God, did, I better get my yeah, you-know-what yes, together. Right. And he came back and he was think, ready. But you know, we, Miguel... we all would expect Miguel to go down and pout. But, you know. That's why you hire AAA managers. Yeah. You know, send them down there and say, good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe it'll turn it off. But, uh, boy, this, uh, you know, you're 8 and 10, and, uh, you know, certainly uh, they, they had lower moments last year than they have in right now, but it's just, it's just not, it's a bad It's because it's all happening It's at a bad-looking team yeah. right now. So, on the joy meter, on the joy meter... That's about as high as we can give you. They need more than that, Reavers. Yeah. They, they need more joy. <laughs> Another team that needs more joy. We'll be back. Hey, Johnny Height. Uh, yes. I'm still fascinated by the dog and the goat walking down, <laughs> the, down, down the highway together in 61. And I was thinking. We need a goat? Maybe my sidekicks here. I was thinking two nicknames here for uh, Manny and uh, Reavers. Yeah. Big Dog and the Goat. Big Dog and the Goat. The goat. Which and one is which? I'm thinking you're the Big Dog. Okay. I could be Goat. Manny's the greatest of all time. That is true. Trivia. So big time in the Goat. And maybe, of I'll course, take, maybe I'll take both names because Superstar, he calls me Big Dog. Big Dog. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we, uh, and here, you know, the Goat also, by the way, the nickname of. Earl Manigo, the greatest yes. street basketball player in the history of Did New a movie York about City. him, and Don Cheadle played him. Yes, in a, in a and movie, you ever yeah. read the book? Pete Axtelm's book, The I City did not Game? Read the book, the no. City Game. The, uh, Earl Manigo, the goat, is yeah. big in that book. Uh, Fantastic book. Here's Johnny Hyde. What do you think? Big Dog and the Goat? No, I like it. Big yeah, Dog okay. and the Goat. Uh, could be. So update sponsored. Inspired by a true story. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Wait, now, to, to make it a bigger deal, maybe we can get a billboard and you two guys can go down and be walking down the middle of Highway 61 together. Huh? Followed there by a state go. trooper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Followed by a goat and a dog. Yeah. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring with Indeed? You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. If the Timberwolves wish to keep on playing, they'll have to figure out a way to beat the Rockets in Houston tonight. <laughs> Playoff series is the best of seven. The Rockets lead three games to one. We need intensity and joy. <laughs> and joy. Got to have that Gotta joy. Play hard for 48 minutes. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler did tell reporters after this morning's shoot-around, we just have to go out and play basketball. 
All down, right, good. Got to get better each and every day. <laughs> down three to one, whatever you want to call it. Our back against the walls. Still, if we do what we're supposed to do, contest their shots, rebound, and we score as well, we can win this game. All play right. with a lot of toughness. What, what did he expect them to go out and do? Not play basketball? I guess, apparently. <laughs> uh, Twins still out on the East Coast trying to get a win at Yankee Stadium. Yanks have won the first two games of the series, and the Twins have lost five in a row. Twins send Lance Lynn to the mound tonight. Yankees counter with Sonny Gray. Twins lineup against Sonny, uh, pretty normal. Dozier, Maurer, Sano, Rosario, Kepler, Escobar, Logan Morrison, DHing, Grossman, and Jason Castro. Grossman! Catching. Grossman's What's he playing, playing? Right field? Right yeah. field, correct. Yes. I don't want to uh, say I'm uh, panicked, but we're a week away from seeing Fort Myers, I think. so. Not a week. It's not a even week. May. I know. Come May on. May 1st. I was trying to explain to Mr. Hyde, he missed the ball game last night, the... Uh, the craftsmanship with which now CC Sabathia is working. He oh, got yeah. Ryan Lamar out on a backdoor slider that might have topped out at 78 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, other games this afternoon. Astros beat the Angels 5-2. to Justin Verlander, he was really good again. He's 4-0 now with a 1.36. Did he, he did give up season. a hit, though. He had a perfect game for a while. He Pujols did. got him, right? Pujols got, uh, hit a two-run homer against him. That's Albert's 2,000th, 994th hit. Uh, when he gets to 3,000, I didn't realize this, he'll be only the fourth major leaguer ever to have 3,000 hits and 600 home runs. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's good here. Aaron Was Mays, a rod. Considering his last five years, he's been hitting without legs. That's uh, pretty mm-hmm. damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle beat the White Sox 4-3. to three. Games in progress. Washington behind Max Scherzer leads the Giants 8-1 to one in the fifth. Colorado 4-1 to one up on San Diego in the seventh. And Pittsburgh and Detroit. I think did Detroit edge ahead of the Twins. Did I see that in the paper oh, yeah. this morning? Yeah, Guardy's got him going, man. Pittsburgh uh, leads to see <laughs> ejection on day one. Fired <laughs> up the troops. I was just going to ask if Guardy's been tossed since uh, since opening, opening day. Man, I don't think so. Pittsburgh leading the Tigers six to come, four in the fourth. come on Tigers. Uh, former Vikings head coach Brad Childress has landed a new gig. All right. <laughs> uh, Chili, of course, also works as an offensive assistant for the Bears. He's now the second head coach named in the new Alliance of American Football League. Childress will coach the Atlanta franchise, which plays its games at Turner Field. Uh, his offensive coordinator, according to reports, Michael Vick. He'll be a good one. Say, now you go around the corner here and you run. Right. Uh, 4.240. Just go. Uh, go. I'll have you throw that pass over there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it'll work. I like Chili. Well. The hell with all of you, yeah, jackass. I liked him, too. He was good. The league begins. Can he do both? I mean, doesn't it? Is there a conflict in season? Well, they in? start in February, so. Oh, I guess you're right. Lindsey Whalen can coach the Gophers. That's true. The Lynx, what the hell? Chili can coach in that league. The league starts in February. It'll uh, try to compete, of course, with the NFL and the new uh, restarted it's XFL. It's going to be more. They're pretty much admitting they're going to be a minor league. Exactly. For the NFL. I'm going to yeah. bring Tavares. Uh, He's going to be on the staff. <laughs> oh, this will be a. Well. Will this be a Johnny Manziel production then? Uh, I don't know. Mm. I know. Might stay in Canada. Huh? Polian is connected to it, so yeah. be, oh, yeah. we'll have real high standards for behavior. <laughs> isn't, uh, isn't, God, what a jackass that guy is. Isn't Palomalu also uh, somehow connected? Yes. He's one of the heads yeah, he's of a, the, He's a great the, guy, but yeah. Polian's a complete yeah. jackass. You know, or, uh, last hour we played a Brockmeyer cut in which he joined Levitard, and he talked about the Bill Polian tree <laughs> yeah. and all the things growing on the Bill Polian tree. <laughs> It was outstanding. Uh, Don't forget, tomorrow's round one of the NFL draft. You'll be able to follow along right here. Our coverage starts at 6. Only tree to grow whiskey and cocaine. (laughs) God, it was funny. We'll have Mackie and Judd anchoring things here. Plus, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin will be out at Vikings headquarters. Vikings pick 30th 
in this and the other draft. thing about Polian is I've heard him in the press box and he's got a foul mouth and that personally oh, offends oh. me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boy. All right, that's it, John. Okay. I'm so upset I gotta go up. <laughs> Says the guy that taught Satan to swear. The ride with Royce. Time for the traffic. Just check the weather briefly. Traffic and weather together. Can't tell you how many naughty words he's taught me. The commission has made a number of recommendations that are intended to revive and strengthen the collegiate model and give young men the opportunity to pursue both athletic and academic success. There's Condi. We call her Condi. We don't even have to identify her beyond That's right. that. Uh, the uh, Rice Commission, as they reported, as they call it, the NCAA's uh, uh, committee trying to fix college hoops after the uh, latest scandal to strike the sport. Uh, the number one thing everybody's been waiting for and everybody's been talking about, they have recommended it. Uh, the NBA will have to go along with it and the NBA Players Association. The one and done Get rid of the one and done, which is the source of so much of the uh, the cheating that's taken place. They also have to crack down on the shoes co- shoe company and AAU. But as for a one and one situation, does anyone know what impact this is going to have on college basketball? Because it's probably going to end up being two and done. But they're going to dr- now let high school kids. Uh, declare themselves pro, and then they can come back and, I mean, say they're eligible for the draft. But if they don't get drafted, they can go sign with the G League, too, if they want to. In other words, they can go play in the minor leagues and get paid. If they sign to the G League, though, does that give their Uh, rights up to... No, they're back in the draft the next year. The next year, okay. They're back in the draft the next year. But this year, 130 kids at this point uh, have uh, declared early entry, but they, uh, you know, they don't, the old agent thing, you would be allowed, if you don't get drafted, you'd be allowed to go back. Okay. But you'd also be allowed to go to the G League. The G League is now, there's a good Washington Post story on this, there's 26 G League teams. Nobody goes to the games. They're going to take 100 high school seniors and put them on the basketball floor in the G League in my opinion, that won't be playing college basketball. Isaiah Washington's of the world, uh, well, somebody better than him. But uh, but that, ca- that, that kind but of that player. Kid, Daniel Otura, I don't know what kind of intellectual kid he is. Maybe he wants the college degree. Sure. But guys like that are going to go... And play in the G League. No way. And then after Rashad McCants. Yeah. He'd then, be the guy that yeah. would go to the... Okay. Then after one year, I would guess you can then go back into the draft out of the G League. And if you don't get drafted again, you can play another year in the G League. But if you play a year of college basketball, you know, the two and done, well, how are they going to prevent? Now, if you go start a four-year college, you can't play in the NBA for two years. But can you play in the G League the second year? Because you know it's affiliated with the so league, if you right? Play one sure. Year, if you're Isaiah Washington, you play here one year. You don't want to sit the old sitting out a transfer year after your freshman year. I would think it'd be off the boards because you'll go and play in the G League if you're good enough. Instead right? of waiting to transfer to yeah, whatever school, yeah, yeah. yeah, I go go play in the G League and try to get drafted the next year. Hmm. I uh, I think it's uh, people are saying it could be good for college basketball's numbers and stuff. Uh, I think it'll be a kick in the shins. What I think is you'll have a few Loyolas in the final four is what I think.
I think it'll even things out a lot. Which wouldn't be a bad thing, would no, it? No, it wouldn't be a terrible thing, but it will, the quality of the game will. The, you know, the, let's face it, this is a star-driven country, and you're going to have less stars. Right, but aren't we aren't we okay with that? Because the the quality of the game has already kind of taken a hit in the, in recent years. College basketball. Now I'm talking. I don't know, but uh, this is uh, the end of the one and done. Would be the uh, greatest thing that ever happened to this minor league basketball thing, which nobody ever goes watches a game. But now you'd have some kids and say, because hey. remember we heard from Jay Wright after they won that he's like, I legitimately had to change the type of player I drafted. He didn't really go after many of the one and done players mm-hmm. from Villanova. Well, these would be the two and done and then the G League will be the other option and a lot of kids will be going to the G League. We'll be back. At please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Born on the mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest day in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three. <laughs> Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Man, I wish I still had my coonskid hat from when I was eight or nine years old. I'd be wearing it. My head might be a little too big for it. Uh, you know, we all. Uh, might be a little smelly too. When you're as old as me, you of course remember the Davy Crockett phenomenon uh, when Disneyland. Uh, was the uh, Walt Disney show would on Sunday night put on once in a while they had have a serial series and in 1954 for five weeks they had five one-hour episodes of Davy Crockett uh, Fess Parker who later played Daniel Boone played uh, Davy Crockett and Buddy Ebsen was his uh, r- running mate George Russell and, of course, it ends up with uh, Davy at the uh, Alamo, which didn't turn out so good. No. But uh, I, I kind of thought that's when Davy became famous. You know when Davy became famous? No. Well, apparently he was already famous. But on April 25th, 1831, 1831, a play making Davy Crockett a national hero opened in New York City. Really? April 25th. 1831, the play was called The Lion of the West. Uh, he was born in 1786 in Tennessee, and uh, he uh, actually uh, was in politics. He was a uh, Texas, Tennessee state representative, all that stuff. Davy Crockett, you cannot believe the phenomenon it was in 1954. The Greeks was whipped. 